Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Let's Talk Low Vision, brought to you by the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International. My name is Dr. Bill Takesta, and I'll be your host this evening as we talk about new treatments and new devices to help people with low vision. Now, one of the things that all of us here have in common is that we are all hoping that there are new advances in medical science that may help us or that may prevent another person from losing their vision. I know that this is something that I have followed very closely for many years, and I am just very, very pleased to be able to share with you some of these new advances that are going to definitely change the lives of many people who have low vision. But before we begin talking about some of these different types of treatments, I want to do a quick overview of actually how vision works. Now, the way that vision works is that light from things in our environment, those light rays, they come into our eye and they focus on a tissue that is called the retina. Now, the retina is made up of cells that are called rod and cone cells. And these particular types of rod and cone cells on the retina, they absorb the light and they convert it into an electrical signal that is then sent to the brain by the optic nerve. Now, what's also very interesting is that the retina also has other very important layers within the retina. One of the layers that is underneath the layers of the rod and cone cells is something called the retinopigment epithelium. It is a dark layer of tissue, and this particular tissue is what the rod and cone cells are actually attached to. And underneath the retinopigment epithelium is a layer of blood vessels, which is called the choroid. So in essence, the food that we eat, it goes into our blood system, and the blood then is going to nourish those rod and cone cells. And that's how the rod and cone cells are able to live because it does receive these types of nutrients and vitamins and other supplements that it needs. And what we also know is that every time that light enters our eyes and it strikes one of those rod or cone cells, a very detailed chemical reaction occurs and that is how the electrical signals are then sent to the brain, which allows us to see. But after the light hits those rod and cone cells, that particular type of chemical electronic reaction also produces metabolic waste. So in other words, when we look at a picture of a flower or we're looking outside at the ocean, when all of those light rays come into our eyes and strikes the rod and cone cells of the retina, there's also byproducts of waste from those particular types of reactions. And a lot of that waste, it is taken away from the eye 
by the RPE, the retinal pigment epithelial layer. So we could see the importance, the importance of these different layers within the retina. Because if there is any particular problem with any of these layers, it is going to result in low vision. So one of the first things that we're going to talk about is when a person has a particular type of disease, there are different ways that we might actually develop or have that particular disease. For example, there are children who are born with specific types of problems to the retina. And this is because they have an inherited retinal disease. The inheritance of this type of retinal disease, it may be what is called a dominant gene. So it may come from the father or it may come from the mother. But the baby only has to inherit one bad gene and that will damage the functional vision of the retina. Now, there are other types of eye diseases in which the child has to inherit two genes. So that means that the child would have to inherit a bad gene from the father and also a bad gene from the mother. And if that is the case, then that child will have a particular type of vision problem. And there's other types of genetic conditions, some that are what are called sex-linked. What it means is that that gene is actually controlled by either the X or the Y chromosome, which also determines whether a baby's going to be a boy or a girl. And in some of these particular types of problems, it will be that only the boys may have that particular type of vision problem. So overall, we do know that one classification of what might cause these particular types of vision problems is going to be genetic. Now, another possible cause of vision problems, it can also be related to the environment. There are many toxins that we now know of that are within our environment, and these particular types of toxins, they can also change the DNA or the genes of the cells of the retina. So, for example, this might be a situation where a baby has normal vision, and then as the child then becomes an adult, the child is then starting to lose vision. And they do studies to find out, is this a genetic problem? But they can't find anybody else in the family who has these types of problems. And what they then later look is they find that there is a genetic mutation. The genes that are in the cells of the retina, they're abnormal. And when these genes become abnormal, the genes do not make the correct protein that the cell needs to survive. And with time, it begins to affect more and more and more of the cells until a person will become blind. So, for example, a lot of the doctors that have looked at my eyes, as many of you know me personally, I am totally blind, 
but I was an eye doctor until the age of 43 years of age. But the doctors think that my mutation that I have in my eyes might be because I was raised on a nursery. And as a kid, you know, my parents, they were easy on me. They didn't make me lift all the heavy buckets and plants and those things. They just said, you spray the plants with this pesticide. So I would ride around on the electric cart and just spray the plants with this pesticide. But years later, those pesticides, they have actually been banned. And with these particular type of banned pesticides, they knew that it did cause genetic mutations. So we think that might be what happened to me, that it began to damage the genes of my eyes when I was a teenager. And by the time that I was in my 40s, it really started to damage many, many more of them. So there are things in the environment that could affect our eyes. Also in the environment, things that might affect your eyes is radiation. You know, we hear about that term radiation a lot, but did you know that there is radiation just in the light that comes from the sun and from the light that comes from the light bulbs in your home, there is also radiation. So the recent studies are now telling us that the radiation from the sun and light bulbs and your television and your computer screen and your cell phone, all of this type of radiation can damage the cells of the retina. And this is really scary because, you know, we see so many people that are looking at the computer screens or their cell phone all day. Now, one type of radiation that comes from the light is called ultraviolet radiation. And ultraviolet radiation is actually invisible. The human eye cannot see it. But the ultraviolet radiation is what gives you a sunburn if you're outdoors in the sun too long. And this type of ultraviolet radiation, it does come from different household appliances and light bulbs and things. So we really need to protect your eyes from the ultraviolet radiation. We also know that from visible light, the light that you can see, there are different colors of light. And we see within the spectrum, we have red and orange and yellow and green and blue and purple. And it is the blue wavelengths and purple wavelengths of light that are the most dangerous for the retina. And this particular type of blue light is coming from your computer screens and from your cell phone screen and from your television. So it is extremely important to protect your eyes from the blue light as well. And the way that you can protect your eyes from these particular types of radiation that kills the cells of the retina are you can have glasses made. If you normally wear glasses, and say you wear glasses that are perfectly clear, you can have glasses that are clear that will be treated and it will filter out all the ultraviolet radiation. 
And to do this, you want a lens that is called a polycarbonate lens. Polycarbonate. C-A-R-B-O-N-A-T-E. Now, the nice thing about the polycarbonate lens for people who have low vision also is that this is the most durable lens material. It is actually a type of material that if you were to shoot a 22 caliber bullet into it, it won't go through that particular type of lens. So for people like me or others with low vision, there are times that we bend over and we bump into a tree branch or something that we didn't know was there. These glasses will also protect your eye from physical trauma. Now, if you want to filter out the dangerous blue wavelengths of light and the purple wavelengths of light, we have different ways that we could eliminate those colors of light. If we want the maximum amount of protection from those blue and purple wavelengths of light, we can use a brown tint to the polycarbonate lens. Now, for some people, they may say, well, you know, this brown lens is just too dark. I have a hard time seeing through it because it's too dark. We also then can use an amber or an orangish amber lens, which will filter out that particular type of light. And for some people who say, well, that works great if I'm outdoors in the direct sunlight, but if I'm in the house and I'm trying to work on my computer, ah, I don't like that orange lens. It seems to be a little too dark. There is yellow, a yellow lens that could be put into that polycarbonate lens material. So basically, what we're saying here is that you could have glasses made that will protect your eyes against that type of radiation. Now, what if you wanted to go even a bit further than that? Maybe you have nephews and nieces, your own children living at your home. Maybe you want to go and actually reduce all of this type of dangerous radiation in your home. One of the things that you can also do to protect others in your home from this type of radiation that can damage the eyes is to change the light bulbs in your home. One of the most effective types of light bulbs available right now are called LED bulbs. And the LED stands for light emitting diode. And the main advantage of the LED light is that it produces a very beautiful light. And it is one that people report that their eyes are more comfortable and that they're able to read better and they could read longer with these particular types of lights. Another major advantage of the LED bulbs is that they use much less electricity as compared to the incandescent light bulb. Now, when you're picking a light bulb, one of the things that you need to specify is the temperature of the bulb. And the reason you need to describe the temperature is because the light bulb companies, they don't just tell you this is the color of the bulb, but they tell you this is the temperature. 
And so we do not want any light bulbs that are going to emit blue light. So if we select a light bulb that has a color temperature of 5,000 degrees or less, 5,000 degrees Kelvin or less, then those will be very, very safe for a person who has vision problems. If you have a temperature that is higher than 5,000 degrees, then those particular types of light bulbs emit too much blue light. And that type of blue light is precisely the type of light that damages the cells of the retina. Now, another thing that we know about the anatomy of these cells in the retina, remember we talked about how the blood supply has to give the cells nourishment. And we know that there's a lot of different types of vitamins and supplements that are very, very important for the tissues of the retina. So we know that if a person is going to take vitamin supplements that include the beta carotene, vitamin C, vitamin E, lutein, zeaxanthin, all of these particular types of supplements are very important to keep the health of the rotting cone cells and also for the retinal pigment epithelium. But what's also very important is that there are many, many people and companies that sell vitamin supplements, but some of these vitamin supplements may not do you as much good as you want because when you swallow these particular tablets, many times the tablet doesn't break down into the small intestine to get into the blood supply. So... It is usually preferred that you're taking these types of vitamins in a capsule form. Secondly, these vitamin capsules really need to be such that they could withstand all of the acid that's in the stomach. Because if the acid attacks these particular nutrients in the stomach, then they will not be as effective. So what I recommend that you do if you have any particular type of retinal problem, you should speak to your ophthalmologist and have him write you a specific prescription for these particular types of vitamins. So, so far, now that we understand the anatomy of how vision works, and we already have gone over three very important things that you could do to protect your eyes, we know that it's, it's very helpful to wear the protective sunglasses that filter out the blue light. We've talked about how you could change the lighting in your home so that you're not exposed to all of that type of radiation. And we also talked about the importance of vitamin and nutritional types of supplements. So what are some of the new advances that are available right now? Well, one of the very, very exciting advances relates to wet macular degeneration. Now, macular degeneration is the leading cause of legal blindness among adults in the United States. 
the macula is the region of the retina that is in the direct center of the retina, and it contains all of the cone cells that allows you to see small details. So the size of the macula, it's about the diameter of a pencil eraser. It's quite small, but it contains millions and millions of cone cells that give you the ability to see details. Now, there are actually two forms of macular degeneration. One form is called dry, and this is basically when those cells in the macula, they start to degenerate with age. Some of the thoughts are, again, all of the light and the radiation and the toxins these are things that damage those cells. The second type of macular degeneration is the more severe type that really causes a significant loss of vision, and this is called wet macular degeneration. And in wet macular degeneration, the retinal pigment epithelium, which is in between the rod and cone cells, and the layer of blood vessels, that retinal pigment epithelium, it breaks down. And as a result, a lot of the blood vessels then start to grow into the retina. And when these new blood vessels grow into the retina, they're abnormal and they bleed. And when they bleed, it creates scar tissue and it kills a lot of those cells, and people often have very large blind spots in their central vision. Many people with this particular form of macular degeneration, they can't recognize a person's face. If they look at their plate of food, they can't even see that there's food on their plate because there's such a large blind spot. Well, one of the things is that we know that there are cells and these are called stem cells. Now, a stem cell is a cell that can be developed into any particular type of cell within the body. So the researchers who are from UC Santa Barbara and at Moorfields Eye Hospital in Great Britain, they have just reported a study that they have done. And they have created stem cells that would replace the damaged retinal pigment epithelial cells. And they used a particular type of virus where they could inject those particular types of stem cell layers and what they found is that with people who have wet macular degeneration, they were able to restore vision to a significant level. And when we're not talking about reading one or two more letters on the eye chart, these people, there were two people that they reported on just this last month, they improved five lines of acuity on the eye chart, which is amazing. Five lines is major on the eye chart. 
and the other person improved by six lines. In, in terms of with their daily life, they said they could identify the faces of their friends. One gentleman said he loved working in the garden. He just couldn't believe that he could see his flowers in the garden. And when it came to reading, this is what I was most impressed with. Both of them read at a rate of about one word per minute. They could identify one word a minute when reading a book. And now, after they have received the stem cell treatment, one person is reading 50 words per minute, and the other person is reading 80 words per minute, just using regular reading glasses. They're not using any low-vision device or anything. So this, this is absolutely amazing. And so this is going to be something that they will continue to do more clinical trials with more and more people. And this is going to be something that is going to change the lives of so many people who have wet macular degeneration. But not only that, this particular type of science that allows the doctors to the stem cell, and the stem cell is going to become the type of cell that you want it to be, this means that for other types of conditions, this is something that could be very, very helpful as well. Another recent advancement came about with juvenile macular degeneration. There's a disease, they call it best disease. This is an inherited disease that affects children. And what happens with these children is that the layer of the rod and cone cells, it separates from the retinal pigment epithelium. So this is where you have these two layers that are moving further apart when they should be touching each other. Well, they did a study, and this is from the University of Pennsylvania, and they use a breed of dogs that have the same particular type of defect. And what they found is that there is a particular gene sequence that is abnormal in those dogs. And they were able to inject the normal gene sequence into these dogs. And lo and behold, it actually resulted in these particular layers coming together. The normal gene was being accepted by these cells, and these cells were now producing the normal protein, and those normal proteins then allowed these different layers of the eye to come together. And they have studied this for over five years, and there has not been any level of degradation. So at this point in time, for these particular types of genetic conditions, they are going to be doing more human trials next. Now, what about with some other particular types of conditions out there? What do we know about some other conditions? One of the things that is very, very popular are the diseases called Leber's congenital amaurosis and retinitis pigmentosa. 
These are diseases that tend to affect the peripheral vision first. And most people, not all, but most people with retinitis pigmentosa, they have night blindness. They can't see off to the side. And their vision is very, very narrow. And for some, they become totally blind. Well, one of the things is that Spark Therapeutic is a pharmaceutical research company, and they have actually been able to identify a gene which is called the RPE65 gene. And for some people with RP, retinitis pigmentosa, and for Liebers, the cause of their disease is that they have the abnormal RPE65 gene. So today, you can go and be tested for this. They will do a quick test to determine if you have this abnormal gene. They will take a swab of the saliva in your mouth, take a little bit of a blood sample, and they could determine if you have the abnormal RPE gene. If you do have the abnormal RPE gene, that is great news for you because you are then a candidate. They will get a normal RPE gene, insert it into the virus, and inject that virus right into your retina. The virus is then going to start to produce the normal gene and make it available to all those cells so that the normal proteins are going to be produced. And the results of this in the early stages, we are seeing that there are people who have these diseases and their vision is better. Their vision is better where they can see better at night and they can walk independently. One person was just telling me, because you know, I can walk without a cane. It is just fantastic. So this is very, very exciting news regarding what's going on there with the RPE65 for uh, Liebers and for retinitis pigmentosa. But there's also some other really exciting treatments that are going on. And the next one that I want to talk about is coming from Second Sight. Second Sight is a company here in Los Angeles. And this company, they invented the first electrical chip that could be inserted into the eye, and the person will wear a pair of glasses that has a high-resolution camera in there, just like the, you know, the high-resolution camera on an iPhone or an Android phone. So the person puts on these glasses, and the signals are then sent to the electrical chip. And people who have been totally blind have regained vision. In other words, with these glasses, they could see where people are. They could avoid bumping into people when they go places. They could go to a restaurant. They could see when the person is bringing them their plate of food. Now, that particular chip, that is called the Argus 60 retinal implant. And that is something that has been used for perhaps five years now. I don't know the exact, but there was a generation of the Argus 1 before that. 
And this is something that has really helped a lot of people who have been blind to regain vision. But one of the things, I'm a consultant for Second Sight. People say, well, why don't you get that done, Bill? Why don't you get that implant? And the reason for me not getting it is that I've been aware of the newest particular development that they've had. And this is called the Orion. Now, the Orion is even better. Theoretically, it's even better because it does not depend on anything with the eye, nor does it depend on your optic nerve to send the information all the way back to the brain. What they do is they insert the chip right on the visual cortex of the brain. If you feel the back of your head, you could feel the bump there. And they implant the chip right there. You put on the high-resolution glasses, and the signal is not going to have to travel through the eye and through the nerve. This is going to go all the way directly to the visual center of the brain, which I believe is going to give even a better resolution on the image. And the first person, excuse me, the first patient, he has received the implant. And that was performed at the uh, UCLA Jules Stein Eye Institute, I believe that it was. And this person so far has done very well with it. And I believe that in April, they're going to put on the glasses to actually see what is it and how is it that he is able to see. So on the biotechnical, the biomedical front, there are many, many very exciting treatments. You know, when I talk to people, I was talking to a gentleman. It's a very nice gentleman that I just met. He's 61 years old, and he's a health fanatic. He has a catering business, and he eats only very healthy things. He exercises. He does everything right. And he said, the reason that I do all of these things is that my father and my brother, they all had had heart attacks, and I don't want to have a heart attack. Well, in December, he suffered from a heart attack. But unlike his family, he survived. And I told him, I think the reason you have survived this is because everything that you have done, you have eaten the proper food, you have exercised, your heart and your arteries that are around the heart are probably much healthier than your other family members, and that is why you survived and they didn't. But during that time that he had his heart attack or during the time that he had surgery, he went blind. The optic nerves of both eyes did not receive enough blood supply. And during that time, the optic nerves died. And he has been very, very depressed. And he talked to a friend who talked to another friend, and that other friend happened to be a friend of mine. And this friend of mine says, Bill, you got to help this guy. He is so depressed. All he talks about is killing himself. He says, I'm not happy that I survived this. I don't have anything. I can't see anything. Well, we talked. And I explained to him that there are treatments that are very close 
this Orion implant that is made by Second Sight, you don't need any optic nerve. You don't even need any eyeballs. You'll be able to gain vision with this particular device. And when he heard of that possibility, it's like it flipped on a switch. You know, he had some level of hope. And I told him exactly, you know, my situation. I said, I am really looking forward to the day that I could have this surgery. I do not want to be one of the very first. I would rather wait till it's upgraded to a higher level. But I'm going to do it. And he is now hopeful. And he is now uh, receiving orientation and mobility training. And he's getting independent living skills training. And I told him that there's no reason he can't open his catering business again. He has had workers serve the food. He's had chefs cook. He just has to tell them what to do. So even when we lose vision, we still could do these particular types of things that we like. The last thing I want to talk to you about are just some of the new other types of technological developments. Some of these things you may have heard of because they've been around for maybe about a year or so. But one of the things that is very, very beneficial to people who are totally blind are these glasses. And with these glasses, they have an earpiece that you could wear. Now, the first one I'm going to talk about is from Ira, A-I-R-A. Now, with these glasses, when you turn on the camera, it connects you to a person from the company. And that person will describe for you everything that is around you or whatever it is that you want them to say. So if you are walking down the street and you're not certain what the street is, they will read the street for you. They will tell you if you're going straight. They're going to warn you if it looks like you're going to walk into a little waterfall or something. But for so many people who are totally blind, they feel that this service gives them so much more independence that they do not need to have a person by their side all the time. So those are the glasses by AIRA. Another pair of glasses like that is available, but it does not have a live person. And with this particular pair of glasses, it is able to identify objects. It is able to read certain things. So if you pick up a paper and you go ahead and put it in front of the camera, it will then read that aloud for you. So many people find that to be a very, very helpful system. Other things that we have available now are video glasses where you wear these glasses on your head and there's a high-resolution camera and it then presents a picture in front of the user. So if you are a person who still has vision, these particular types of glasses will allow you to magnify the image. You could increase the contrast you could also enhance the colors of it. You could do all of these types of things while you wear it on your head. So there's three different models. One of them is called the eSight. 
Another one is called The New Eyes. And the third one that just I recently checked out that I'm very impressed with is called Iris, I-R-I-S, Vision. Now, the difference between these different glasses is that the engineering is different. The reason I like the Iris Vision is that if you ever wore a pair of ski glasses, it feels like you're wearing a pair of ski glasses on your head. It's very, very comfortable, and there's an elastic strap that goes behind your head and on top. So people will notice that you're wearing something different, but it does look like a pair of ski glasses. And this is very unique because it has a very wide field of view. You could magnify things up to 12 times, but it also has the ability, so it's not going to magnify the whole picture. There is a bubble, and you could magnify everything that goes in the bubble, and you could make that bubble as large or as small as you want to. So what this means is, let's say that you were going to a baseball game. You're going to go see the Dodgers play the Yankees. You're sitting behind home plate, and you want to look at the face of the pitcher. Well, you could simply increase the magnification so that you could see the face of the pitcher, and the magnified face is in a bubble in the center. But everything around is still normal. So you could see the first baseman, the second baseman, the shortstop, and the third baseman all in regular size so you know where everybody else is. That's a very unique feature that I think really gives a a lot of benefit. And the other thing that I was really impressed with is that the Iris Vision, it uses Samsung cell phones. Now, I thought this was brilliant. The reason for this is because if the technology changes in two or three or four years, all you have to do is get a new phone. So, for example, one of the things that Samsung has just recently done is they have just added two cameras on their phone. Well, what this actually means for the Iris Vision is that if you were to then switch to this new phone, you could increase your field of view to 140 degrees. Whereas these other devices, they have a much more narrow field of view. Another thing that I like about the Iris Vision is the fact that it's $2,500, whereas some of the others are as much as $10,000. So it really is something that's affordable. It was created by people who are visually impaired, and I actually just saw it for the first time yesterday, and I am very, very, very impressed. So hey, we got about 10 minutes left. Uh, I I like to open it up. If you have any questions, go ahead and unmute your phone by pressing star 1. And if you could announce your name, and then I'll call on you, and then you could ask your question. Okay? 
Dr. Bill. This is Alan Peterson. Hi, Alan. Go ahead. Thank you. Yes, I I did have the Argus 2 implant just done here um, the end of January, January 29th. Wow. At the University of Minnesota. I didn't know about the the, the Orion. I guess they didn't they didn't tell me about that. But uh, oh well, how is your vision with the Argus two compared to what you were seeing before? Well, I didn't have any sight before, so wow. I see. Oh my you know, gosh! I see the pulses of lights. You know where I can follow uh, the edge of doorways and the edge of a bowl, uh, salad bowl. And uh, wow, you got a lot more independence then, huh? Well, yeah, I'm I'm learning how to use it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. I they told me that it's like, like learning a new language. Um, uh-huh. So, I'm, I, so I, my wife says you know about five words of French now. But. <laughs> hey, well, Alan, may I ask you a question about that? Uh, you live in Minnesota. I live uh, in North Dakota. It's uh, in Fargo. We're just right across the border from Minnesota. So may I ask, uh, does in, did insurance or Medicare or any any of your insurance pay for that for you? Well, we were assured that they did. Um, the the Medicaid Medicare does not apparently doesn't cover it because we just got a bill in the in the uh, we got a statement in the in the mail today saying that Medicaid Medicare does not co- will not cover it. So I'm hoping that we were sure that uh, we had coverage. So I'm hoping that our our other insurance will cover it now. So well, if somebody did assure you, I I think that's a very strong point there. Well, well you know what? I'm really happy for you. Congratulations. You know you got to keep us informed on your progress. Are there any other? Yeah, hi, this is Angela. Hi, Angela. How are you? I'm fine. Um, I just want to say uh, what you were talking about uh, with the uh, University of uh, Penn. Um, I was a, a patient there when they were doing this research about oh, maybe six, seven years ago with the uh, chip. Also, I understand there is a stem cell uh, that they can use for um, optic nerve damage. Have you heard anything about that? Uh, The question is, are there stem cell researches for optic nerve? And right now there are many ongoing clinical trials to use stem cells for the optic nerve. As far as I know, I haven't heard of anything conclusive yet as to what types of optic nerve damage that it helps the most. But, yes, it is something that's being studied. I have something called ischemic optic uh, neuropathy. Yeah, ischemia means that you did not get enough blood supply to the optic nerve. And so with that particular type of optic nerve, uh, there might be clinical trials that are specific to that. And uh, how much do those uh, glasses uh, cost, Uh, the ones that you were first talking about? 
of that block out um, all the blue rays and things like that? Oh, yeah. Well, you can have glasses made out of the polycarbonate and have it tinted brown or orange or yellow. And if you have a prescription, you could probably get them for uh, $250 or so. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Les Cameron from New Jersey. Hi, Les. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I have torn uh, detached retinas. I'm 70 years old, and 1947, when I was born, they thought I had rheumatic fever, and they put me into the oxygen, and it elongated my eyes. And when I turned 21, I had an operation on both eyes to pull the eyeballs forward to refocus them. But they didn't tell me 15 years later the side effects were uh, ripped off uh, retinas. I lost my first eye in 1980, Mm. and they did a bubble with silicone, and I'm allergic to silicone. Oh, no. So they had to, yeah, they had to take it out. Now, the chip you're talking about and so forth, does that have anything to do with a torn retina? Because my eyeballs are just, that's what they are. They're like an egg that fell on the ground. Well, you know, it it sounds to me that you've had the torn retinas, and at this point in time, it would probably be very difficult to surgically repair the retina. But the chip that I talked about that gets implanted into the brain, okay, that is called the Orion. At some time in the future, that may be something that would benefit you because you don't even need to have any eyes in order for that to give you vision. Wow. And just for curiosity, in the neighborhood of, How many thousands would something like that cost? I don't know the cost of that. Right now, it's all on a clinical trial, so. Okay. I thank you. And I want to tell you something. Your speech was awesome. Fantastic. Oh, thank you, Les. I even stayed awake for it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Les. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Oh, gosh. Well, I should end this lecture with that note there, huh? <laughs> this is uh, Eugene from Clearwater. Yes, go ahead, Eugene. Yeah, question. You were talking about stem cells for wet macular. That's no good for dry macular, is it? Right now, this particular uh, study that they did, it was only on the wet. Okay. And the Orion, if you have, uh, like, macular and you've got very, very low vision, that wouldn't do any good with that. You need to have no vision. Well, you know, we believe we believe that in the future, we believe that it is something that could help people with uh, different levels of dry macular degeneration and such. But right now, the FDA is has it approved for retinitis pigmentosa. Well, I've got both retinitis pigmentosa and macular. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. So we need to keep you in mind and keep you up to date with all of these things happening with the Orion. That company is Second Sight. Okay? Second Sight. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. 
Thank you, Eugene. Is that second site out of California? Yes, they're they're over here in uh, uh, San Fernando in Los Angeles. How would I go about getting, uh, I don't know, uh, an email or something to them so that I could be a part of it? Like if they send out flyers or blasts or something on new research, how do uh, we go about Do you have something, can you take my email address and I'll forward it to the people there? Okay. No, I'm going to go get my uh, my tape recorder. <laughs> okay. Is there another question out there? Yes. Go right ahead, ma'am. Oh, okay. Um, I have a retinopathy of prematurity, and I don't know if the um, Orion would be something that would be good for my particular eye condition. You know, it could be, but you may not even need that. It depends on how much vision it is that you have. Well, I'm I'm a low partial, and um, my eye doctor said, uh, my uh, retinal specialist said something about the optic nerve. Okay. You know, that, so that the, Orion, the reason a lot of things in the past didn't work was because um, of the optic, damage to the optic nerve, um, so that's what made me ask you the question. Yes, yeah, so actually the Orion in the future may be something that may be very helpful to you. Well, how can I? Uh, I'll just have to keep in touch and find out what. Yes, uh, right now they have about. only. Right now they have only done the 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 treatment on one person, so we need to see how it works with many others. So I'm going to give you guys my email address. Okay, my email address is Dr. Bill, that's D-R-B-I-L-L, foundation, Foundation at gmail.com. Are there any other questions? Yes, hi. I'm also from Clearwater. I know you do. Um, I had a question about your vitamins that you mentioned. I was part of the clinical study from Boston, the RP Foundation, um, and they determined that I have 15,000 international units per day of vitamin A palmitate. Are you familiar with that at all? Yes. You didn't mention that. Is that something that you know is beneficial? I mean, I've been taking it for many years. Yes. Yes, it is something that is recommended by uh, many retina specialists for their patients. Yes. Okay, all right. And uh, do you suggest that the other vitamins that you mentioned should be taken as well? Yes. Okay, and uh, could you repeat what vitamins those were? I, I didn't get all of them. Yes, it's vitamin A, vitamin C, okay. uh-huh. vitamin E, and lutein, L-U-T-E-I-N. Okay, what what uh, dosages are those? And you would need to speak to your doctor to make those specific recommendations for you. Okay, okay, I'll do that, yeah. Okay, okay. Thank, you. thank you, Barb. Dr. Bill, it's Leslie. Yes, Leslie? You might want to, if it's okay with you, have Christine put your information on Facebook for some of these people if they're not getting it tonight, if that's okay with you. Okay, that'll be fine. Okay, that would be great, and then they can, you know, email you that way also. So, see you Okay, there. thank you. Great talk. Any other questions? Okay. Well, I want to thank Dick Burden for recording this, and I want to thank uh, all of you for attending. 
And uh, we, we look forward to seeing you next month when we talk more about low vision.